construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Flagstick Podcast, presented again this week by Golf PEI. Cliff Prince Edward Island is a premier golf destination in Canada, boasting the most number of golf courses per capita in the country with over 400 fairways closer than you think. Top tier accommodations, exquisite culinary experiences. It's the easiest golf vacation you will ever book. Visit golfpei.ca to book your golf vacation and tea times. Okay, it. Scotty Mac. Saturday Mac. recording. Something with, a little bit different. A little Saturday it recording. It is a Saturday recording. Yeah. This is what happens. Stuff goes on, you bumps us. At the end of the day, you still get to listen to episode 30 of the Flagstick Podcast. So really doesn't matter when we record, does it? You got it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So well, lots Are going the- on. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny because it is sort of the off season. <laughs> but golf doesn't a, take is, a break is, is, is there an off season i don't know i mean sometimes i like to think that there is i mean maybe only because nobody's golfing around here outside that that's right. what you consider the off season but yeah. um it doesn't ever seem like there's a, a real downtime if you will from I mean, people, season people, to season so no i mean people are thinking about golf even when they're not able to play golf mm-hmm. right whether they're you know going to go away or they're playing some indoor stuff or just talking about it on social media, watching it on TV, and you know obviously now with the uh, you know the LPGA is back this week. Indeed, it is. They'll have a break after this, but uh, PGA Tour is back in earnest. Corn Ferry Tour is back in earnest. Champions Tour is back in earnest. So you know the cycle all starts again. Uh, fortunately, you know a few people I'm sure that listen to this are, are down south uh, and away and and getting yeah. some uh, getting some time in maybe for the PGA show uh next week uh, a few people that are heading down for that uh into rainy Orlando it's rainy there today yeah uh, but lots uh, of lots of lots of emails and stuff asking about uh asking about whether we're going to be down there or not right. for the PGA yeah, show for sure um, but uh sadly we will not be um Though it's sad. not sad in the sense that you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm missing going to Orlando. It's just a, it's just a good, uh, it's a good vacation, golf vacation, work vacation, if you will, to go down and and hang with that uh, that industry and with that group of people. There's always a yeah. lot of things going on during the course of the week, so it's kind of a fun thing, even though it's a lot of work, it's a lot of energy that's expended during that week. It usually takes a good week or so to recover after going. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that uh, doesn't mean that what's going on down there is not being translated into uh, into flagstick.com. <laughs> yeah. So so whatever whatever we're missing, you're not. I, I guarantee no, it. No, I guarantee that uh, there are, even though uh, you know a lot of product introductions have come out in the last little while, there are a stack more. Uh, coming next week i know already there's uh, a lot of drafts on the backside at flagstick.com um you know things that will be introduced uh, a little bit more in timing with the pga show going on and and in fact it'll actually help us with our coverage so uh being you know at at home and behind the desk i can get a lot of that stuff up there whereas you know if you've got to mix in 
time in the show floor and mm -hmm. all those meetings and then getting to other things that are happening afterwards, it's really difficult sometimes to get a lot of those things out right away uh, until, you know, the week is over. So, uh, you know, people can pay attention to the website and they'll see a lot of content coming up there. And if, this, if this were Sesame Street, boys and girls, the word would continue to be embargo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is embargo season. Not spelling it for you, but no. embargo. That's the yeah. word of the day. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a great show uh, again uh, this week. Uh, we got some things that we didn't get to last episode that we mm -hmm. want to get to this episode, and we'll, hopefully we get to them. We still have a lot of things to, <laughs> to to talk about, so maybe we won't. Maybe we still won't get to some of that stuff. But uh, particularly in the back nine this week, we got a, a topic that we wanted to touch on last episode on setting golf goals for 2023. There's you know an article and and uh, and sort of checklist on mm -hmm. flagstick.com that we encourage you to go and look at. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit in the yeah. back nine, because that's what our back nine topic this uh, this episode is going to be. But before we get to the back, obviously, we got to get to the front. We've got some cool things to talk about in the front nine, which is uh, brought to you by Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Uh, golf season may be closer than you think. So don't wait to save on golf this season. Buy a membership, join a league, purchase some game packs, and be ready to hit the first tee. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop now. All right, let's get into it, Scott. One of the things, I guess, that's uh, somewhat really exciting for people is mm -hmm. as the tours sort of return to the beginning of the seasons, the LPGA Tour has returned. And there's been some discussion, um, uh, you know, um, around surrounding the things that the, we've posted on Flagstick.com about Brooke Henderson and yep. the uh, the new equipment deal that she's uh, she's recently signed with TaylorMade Golf, yep. um, which is which is made official this week. Right, right. So that's that's awesome, and she's putting those new sticks uh, to good use. Obviously, this um, this week down in Orlando and yep. uh, leading. Yeah, it doesn't seem that uh, doesn't seem like the switch over from one equipment brand to another equipment brand has really hurt her at all, especially mm -hmm. on, especially on the greens. I guess that's the mm -hmm. part that I'm so impressed with right now is that it's you know it's the it's consistency of how she's putting. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you know you got to remember, or people have to remember when a lot of these uh, equipment changeovers take place. Uh, athletes do a lot of testing months in advance. I know Nelly Corda, for an example, who also Simon Taylor made this week was made official. Um, she said she started testing in October. Now it was a little harder for for uh, Brooke to do. Uh, a lot of extensive testing later in the year because she was having some back issues and things, but she did a lot of testing. We also know though that, you know, Brooke is very, um, uh, transient with her putter choices, uh, <laughs> tends to, tends to change around a fair bit. Um, you know, when she gets something new in the bag, yeah, she might have uh, a little bit of run and have some confidence for a while and we'll see if it wanes or sticks with her, but yeah, certainly she's putting very well. Got a center shafted, uh, you know, a putter that's in her bag that she really likes. And I, I think it was interesting. Uh, she mentioned the feel of it. She really liked the feel of it, which I haven't heard from her much when she's talking about the putters. So that was mm -hmm. in her press conference after round two. Uh, she mentioned she really liked the feel of it. And yeah, so far, so good. As you mentioned, um, you know, she goes from having a uh, a ball and glove deal with TaylorMade to obviously uh, moving to a full bag. Uh, if people are not familiar, maybe I'll, do you want me to run that down? What's in her bag? Uh, yeah, you know what? Might, might as well, because yeah. some people won't know and yeah. they won't know where to find that info. But yeah, why don't we just run down what uh, what actually is in, in Brooks' yeah. golf bag this week? 
yeah, so she's playing a stealth two plus a nine degree driver, a stealth two plus 15 degree three wood, a stealth two plus 19 degree five wood, a stealth two 22 degree uh, rescue club, uh, P790 irons and five to pitching wedge, uh, mill grind wedges, a 50, a 54, and a 60, uh, and a spider GT center shafted putter. So that's what's in her bag right now as far as uh, starting. And and uh, I guess we'll know kind of when this podcast comes out, but we'll say that, you know, she's been leading. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's four shot, shot, four shot lead at, at, at the point, uh, you know, on, yeah. on Friday yeah. night when she... Right. Uh, yeah, so as as of right now, she's a uh, back nine as far as when this is recording uh, on the third day, and she's got a three shot lead still right now with some other players closing. Like I said, the weather's a little uh, a little wet in uh, Orlando today. Going to get really wet this afternoon, so hopefully she gets uh, the rest of that round in uh, fairly quickly because they might end up with some some soggy issues that way. But as you said, it, it's not really affecting her. She's um, you know she's tested obviously the product. Um, in the end, the player has the bigger Still effect has to, yeah i mean it's a, you know what the you know what they say it's the it's 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 not always the equipment it's the person right. using it exactly. uh, the equipment if it's fit properly and and kind of you know and kind of feels right to you uh mm-hmm. can make a difference for your own game but you know realistically um you know she's she sh- should be able to play she should be able to play yeah. decent golf with uh any any decent type of golf equipment she just happens to Right now, the tailor-made stuff uh, is suiting her, yeah. and she's feeling comfortable with it, and she's playing well with it. So, yeah. you know, good for her, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, by the time we get around to recording next week's episode, yeah. we're talking yeah. about a Brooke Henderson a, victory. A victory, Be yeah. our 13th, I think, her 13th it would victory. Be. Yep. Pretty impressive stuff. Pretty impressive. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to think about her as, you know, at this point in her career is she she's going to be most likely she's going to be a hall of fame mm-hmm. you know a hall of fame uh golfer like this yeah. is you know th- this early i mean she's 20 25 yeah she's trending so she yeah but she needs you know she obviously needs some more points and things she's got two majors uh you know under you know already um you know the thing for her she's just said for this year um she just wants to be in contention more for and for wins yeah you know this is this is the point now where you know top 10s you know, everybody goes on about top tens, but she knows, she knows as well as anyone that, you know, there's a lot of backdoor top tens yeah. uh, and a top, and a top 10 is great, but it doesn't mean you're in contention in the tournament. And she wants to be in contention in the tournament. And she's at the point in her career and, and very few golfers can get to this, but professional golfers at that level can get to the point in their career where you really truly can focus on winning. Right. You right, know, financially, exactly. Brooke, yeah. I would think financially, she's, she's yeah. been smart. She's got money. She's yeah. set. She has contracts. She's good. And yeah. she's going to be a good enough player for a long enough time that those contracts and those equipment deals and endorsements are not going away anytime right. soon. Yeah. So she can, she's at that point now where it's kind of like that Tiger Woods mentality, right? Or the, the money's got nothing to do with it. No. So, so cash in the big payday doesn't matter. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's now how many, how many wins can I get? How many times yeah. can I put myself in a position on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, where yeah. I'm a few shots back of the lead or leading, and I'm in a place where I can win golf tournaments and yeah. I don't need to worry about, okay, if I get aggressive and I miss a cut, boom, who cares? I'm coming yeah. back next week and I still got millions in the bank. Like it's yeah. it, it's not a lot of them, especially on the LPGA Tour, because they're not playing for as much money mm-hmm. as they do necessarily on the PGA Tour with the you know ridiculous sponsorship deals and so on yeah. that they have. That 
being in that position is very rare. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, and it's great. It's it's great to see. I mean, you know, we talked a little bit last year about Rolex rankings, and you know, they they adjusted some things a little bit. So this is the two hundred her two hundredth event in the Rolex rankings. She's only missed fourteen cuts. Now some of those are events uh, that she played as an amateur before she turned pro, but um, so she's not she's not going to do that much. But as she knows, she just wants to be in contention more and, and have that chance to win. Because as you say, that's that's kind of where the legacy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it's great to win twice a year, which is, you know, kind of been her trend that, you know, she's she's had a number of years where she's won twice in a year. She wants to win three times and four times. And, you know, once she got that other taste of another major last year, yeah. now it's like, OK, you know, U.S. Open, that's a big purse now. The, you know, it's all those other majors mm-hmm. that, you know, you want to focus your attention on. And, and for her, you're right. She can focus in and dial herself in on those victories and be focused on that. And that'll dictate her schedule as well, as we've mentioned before, um, how she's going to be a little bit more picky about her schedule and to make sure she's ready for each event, to be contending in each event, not just to show up and, and try to make a check. Really exactly. Exactly. And you know, and I know Taylor Mead is obviously excited about that. Um, you know, David Abelis, the the president and CEO, is just you know mentioned obviously. You know, they're just excited to have her a, a, as part of the team now. You know, they know what a tremendous athlete she is, and really for them, it's a smart decision with Nelly being you know number two in the world, Brooke being number seven, um, and Nelly is you know the biggest face as a as a you know, top player, a, uh, a player that's, um, you know, won the gold medal. Um, so they've got North America sort of wrapped up with those I was going to say, players, they, got, they got the right? top Canadian and the top yeah. Americans. So yeah. it's, uh... and, and, and not only, you know, and not only the players that are, um, um, you know, top in the game, but top from a fan perspective as well. Yeah. Well, liked. Think, yeah, well liked they've they sort of the, those golden girls, you're not worried about them having some big controversy or, or things like that. So, you know, it, it was definitely smart signing as much as, you know, obviously she had a very long relationship with Ping and that was an important relationship for a long, long time. But I'll tell you what, um, they have handled it well. And I can, I can tell you even I had a tweet yesterday regarding, uh, you know, Brooke's result and how she was playing after a couple of days. And Dave Wilson, who heads Ping Canada, was one of the first guys to like that. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, I'm sure it's difficult for them. Um, you know, they would have loved to continue the relationship, but obviously there was something there that wasn't going to, to work out, be it financial or otherwise. Um, but, you know, they're, as always, they're classy about it as far as how they're handling it. Well, I mean, it, Dave, so. we've, we've known Dave, Dave for yeah. quite a long time. And yeah. Dave, Dave is a very smart uh, yeah. businessman. He understands... Yeah he understands how this works because he's, it's not his first rodeo. No. I mean, you've seen this happen. I've seen this happen with other players before. So, sure. you know, it happens. Yeah. You know, it happens it at every level at every, on every tour. So, you know, yep. it is what it is. And, and, uh, um, good for Brooke, yep. you know, at the end of the day, Brooke's a, a local girl. She's a Canadian. We wish the best for her. So, yeah, uh, it is what it is. It's done. We move on. And hopefully we're talking about a win. Yep, exactly. 100%. Um, Scott, there's a there's a Netflix documentary. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, and I I don't know how deep we can get into this. Uh, you know, it's uh, well, let's it's talk a Netflix little bit documentary of on the PGA tours. Uh, yeah. It's due to be uh, released on uh, in around mid February. Yeah, fe- February fifteenth. Um, and so we posed the question mm-hmm. about this. Um. Do we care? Yeah. 
You know, do we even care? Yeah. About I, it? Will we watch I, it? Will you watch it? I guess I guess we're golf industry people, so I guess we're gonna watch it. Yeah, I, I think we'll watch. And I think there's people that are I think there are people that are very interested. And, and it's difficult for us because we're on a different side of the industry. But if you're a general golfer and you're not on the inside, you haven't been to events, you maybe don't see what happens at events and things like this. Um, what the carrot here for this Netflix series is that this is an you know unencumbered look at what goes on behind the PGA Tour, which is what a lot of people want to see, right? Um, but is this... I guess yeah, that's the big question I have. To think. How how unencumbered it is? Very is it? unencumbered. That was part of it. You know, if you if you deal with uh, or if you've seen a lot of the stuff, uh, Chad Mum, who's one of the producers and stuff behind it, that was part of the whole deal when they went in there. And it's very much like the series they did for F one. That's a right? dangerous, dangerous slope that you're skiing down. You know, it, it especially is. with everything that's going on right now. Well, that's live golf and the PGA. You got to think that that's why the PGA Tour is agreeing to do this. Well, but at the same time, how much is it going to expose? Well, the thing is, it's what it exposes, though. Is is the they can't be too afraid of it? I don't think they are. I think the biggest thing, and what the players have said too, is it just it just allows people to see them as people and not golfers. So that's the biggest thing that it does provide. It's it's not about, you know, a forensic audit of what is happening in the office at the PGA Tour. It's I'm sure the uh, I'm sure Netflix crew didn't go, "Hey, let's go sit with the bean counters and see where the money comes in, the money goes out." I don't really think it's about that. It's more about an entertainment project, right? They they they've got to they've got to provide some narratives, but it just so happened that obviously you know, with the live things happening last year, that it obviously creates an extra dynamic because they did follow and deal with a lot of other players. Like a Brooks Kepka is a, is a big part of this. Um, you know, Ian Poulter, there's other players that are in there and their opinions of what's going on. So it was the perfect year for them to do it. But I think for the PGA tour, the, the brand value, as far as how it's raising it up and making some awareness to the fans is more important than maybe the risk. Because I think they have to I realize guess. there's been a lot of criticism on the tour of, you know, keeping things hidden or keeping things under wraps or whatever, where this is say, saying, you know what, all right, let's just open the doors and see what comes out of it. So I know I'm interested to, to see it, um, not from a gossip standpoint, I just, I think it'll be neat for people that are not around players and stuff just to see what they're like more than anything I, I mean i'm gonna watch it i mean i was I, i'll be honest i mean i was um i was pretty sucked into the to that uh f1 series uh right seasons there was more than one season of that too. drive to survive Sorry. Yeah, yeah i was pretty sucked into that um yeah. but i will say that it was as the seasons progressed even with with uh drive to survive yeah it, less and less of i think they adjusted the model as it went on because i think mm. early on in the year one it was there was a lot of a lot that was exposed i felt as the last did, season did that i watched like, it was did it feel become more scripted a little bit maybe yes, or more very much yeah, so yeah. it felt it, yeah. it really felt like it, yeah. like it was picking it was pick and choose it was going right. to the grocery store and instead of buying a bag of apples you're buying the apples individually and that's what right. it felt like to me so it kind of lost its luster mm. with me yeah so I'm expecting that this with the PGA Tour that this might be a little more open book right now. Yeah. Um, 
but maybe if it if it goes beyond a single season mm-hmm. um that maybe and, and, it, and it's supposed to it's supposed to you know it I, might be it I, might alter a little bit as it goes on i'm just curious to see what exactly is sort of yeah. uh presented there that that's going to go it's going to make you sit there and go whoa i yeah. didn't know that or whoa i, I didn't know I, that I, I look at it this way. I, I think if you bring somebody to an event and they get to see the behind the scenes at a PGA tour event. So say mm-hmm. you bring them down and, and you get them to take them into the media room and you take them behind the ropes and whatever. The first few, the first time they see that they're going to be like, wow, I didn't know this happened. And gee, that player's right there. And Oh, I'm in the dining room seeing what, Oh, Hey, they get to do this and they get to do that. Does that be, is that very exciting the second time around? Not really. I, I think what ends up happening is that, yeah, you're right. I think in a lot of these things, they would have to start to, from a filmmaking standpoint, almost create the narratives mm-hmm. rather than just share the narratives that are actually happening. And that's when things don't become as exciting because once you've seen it, does it, does, is it that compelling? Well, it becomes one, less of the things so, that, one of the things that, I, you know, I've noticed a lot, you know, this isn't a live conversation, by the way. No, 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 no. But, but, one of the things that I've noticed a lot recently um, and early on in social media stuff is when the whole live thing came out and they're talking mm-hmm. about these guys getting paid mega dollars to come and play the tour. Right. And people that were for the live uh, guys getting paid big bucks and were, were lashing back about how top end players like, like Dustin Johnson, like uh, Bubba Watson, like Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy back in the day would get ridiculous amounts of money, appearance money, by the PGA Tour to show up at events. Now, and I see, I see, no, I see the look on your face. And this is the thing that 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 uh, that kind of gets me. It's like people don't understand that that appearance money that they receive. Yes, they receive appearance money, but that appearance money didn't come from the PGA Tour. No, that appearance no. money comes from the tournament organizers, the tournament operators, which is a completely different thing. And it, and it, and it's not really, a, and they're not allowed to pay appearance money officially. The tournament operators, so the events when it's happening, it's it's affiliated other events. So, say X sponsor has an event, they basically do a deal with that agent and that player, and go, hey, we have a clinic going on on Tuesday. We will pay you to go to that clinic if you happen to come and play our tournament that week. So they cannot right. pay. That is in the rules, whether the tournament operator or your the you know the tour itself or whatever. The PGA Tour is not allowed uh, appearance money because I know Bubba Watson came out and said things about how the PGA Tour actually gave him money to show up at events, and I don't. Believe, well, he I don't no, he that, that, was that wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the case. It was the case of it was a case of those events. We're, we're basically providing a, opportunities for him to make money during the week of those tournaments, which effectively became appearance money, right? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, too, you know, when I all this the discussion about them, you know, getting paid mega dollars to play to, you know, to basically like a salary and saying, one of the things that I always loved about tennis and golf mm-hmm. in particular yeah. is the fact that. Um, yeah, there's endorsements and things like that, mm-hmm. and I, I get that, and that's all fine and dandy. But the one thing is, it wasn't like hockey, it wasn't like football, it wasn't like no. baseball, where a guy can get paid twenty million dollars a year right. to play eighty-two games in a season, and, they and play like crap. if he chooses not to play well for forty yeah. of those eighty-two games, then yeah. he can just play like garbage, and then in his yeah. contract year, 
you know, decide I'm going to play lights yeah. out and put up big points and get a new yeah. contract. These guys have to perform week yeah. after week after week and earn those endorsements that mm-hmm. they get paid. That puts them in that position of the things that mm-hmm. we talked about with Brooke Henderson earlier, where you, they can focus on wins mm-hmm. and they can make comments like, mm-hmm. I don't play for the money, I play for this. Well, yeah, yeah. guys play for the money, but you earn that position yeah, and, to and, not and- have to play for the money. Right. And I'm not, and I'm not upset now with the plan within the PGA tour that, you know, they'll, they offer a $500,000 earning minimum for the, for the players. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the difference is with that is it's a guarantee so that they can basically cover off their expenses more than anything. Yeah. Because because it does cost a fair bit of money to to travel around. Because people have to understand and realize if you, if you only make $500,000 in the PGA tour, you've you've lost your card. (laughs) So you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not staying there. You're not keeping status anyways or whatever. So I'm good with that. I would be, it would be more of a concern with all of a sudden they guaranteed everybody 2 million and you know, they were able to keep their card and then they were able to basically go, eh, I'll just show up. I don't really care. I'm going to get my 2 million anyways um but the other side of it too i mean the the one thing here we're talking about this netflix series um yeah of of an interest standpoint i I think just basically overall yes i'll watch it do i care and do i think it's going to be revolutionary no um will it be well produced yeah from what i've read about it and the stories and the narrative that they go about um but i don't expect this to be so revolutionary that you're going to be going oh i can't wait for season two and season three season one is going to be the peak yeah (laughs) and then it would and we could down would go down for there and then uh, on the TV side of it, and we should mention as well that you know, Live obviously signed a deal this week that yep. you know they're going to be stream. Well, yeah, but it's going to be on the CW. So right. the streaming happens on the Thursday, Friday. Right. So it's only available on the app. We got to also remember this is a broadcast deal for the U.S. This is where the rights are too. And Eamon Lynch has got a great article on Golf Week talking about it. And, the, you know, it was obviously portrayed as this massive deal. And here's all these stations that are, you know, the CW is on in the U.S. Well, those are all affiliates. They mm-hmm. can choose not to, to, to play that. And then the other side of it is, is it that big of a deal? Because as he mentions, and this is a great point, just because you do that broadcast deal and whether it was CBS or whatever the case may be, you're already doing it on YouTube which is the most connected network in the entire world on, you know, almost 3 billion devices. And if people are not watching it on there and they had the opportunity to, what means, what, what doesn't mean they're all of a sudden going to go onto the, the CW. Well, no. Um, and and it's just because you have, just because you have an audience of say eight, 80, 800 million people, does yeah. not mean that 800 million people right. are tuning in to watch live right. golf events or any, yeah. or anything on that network. Yeah. That would, yeah. that 800 million or whatever. I'm, and I'm just, Throwing yeah, yeah, numbers yeah. I know you're just throwing number, yeah. But that's that's the entire audience. Yes, exactly. For the yeah. entire network yeah. across the entire United States. Yeah. That's not the audience for no. the live golf events. Just because no. it's there doesn't mean just yeah. because we have, you yeah. know, right now, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that have the ability to watch us on YouTube does not mean yeah. that hundreds of thousands of people right. are watching us. They yeah. are, but yeah. That's doesn't mean that they are. I mean, yeah, our audience yeah. is huge because we're yeah. great, but that's not the point. <laughs> but yeah, I, but I know exactly what you're saying. So, you know, that blends into that. That's just a, a sidebar as far as that. But overall, just to kind of finish that up as far as that, uh, the full swing, the, the series, I'll watch it. Yeah, you know, sure. I, I'll, I'll watch it. I watch lots of stuff on, on Netflix. We're or whatever. intrigued. Am I expecting uh, something f- to learn something from it that I haven't learned before? Not really, but again, that's bias of being in the industry. 
will the consumer enjoy it? Yeah, I think they will. I, I think they'll see some stuff. And, and uh, you know, there's a great article this week in, in GQ uh, that, you know, really talked a little bit about some of the things that are in the series. And if people go and look at that, you know, they'll see what the players said about it as well is that, yeah, it just people will start to realize that they're human mm -hmm. and that sometimes some of the stuff is boring and not as glamorous <laughs> and not as exciting and you know, still going to the airports and still sometimes they feel crappy about their game. And, you know, they feel about golf just like every everyone else does. Yeah, for uh, sure. They just happen to be doing it professionally and on a bigger stage. So, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll watch. I'm sure you will as well. Yes, I will. I definitely will. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Um, there were some other things that we wanted to get to in the front nine. But, Scott, we, uh, as we expected, we, uh, we, chatted a fair yeah. bit about uh about brooke and about the uh the netflix series so um we'll just say this very quickly a uh, couple of big things changing at the meadows dave mcdonald uh is the uh is the new uh head professional at the yep. meadows and uh nick search has was added as the teaching professional at the meadows oh, no not the meadows sorry that should be that should be metcalf Nick Sorry, my, Metcalf. my mistake. That's, and I should know that. See, this is a, read notes. a script instead of saying what's in your head. <laughs> yes, Nick Search was added as a teaching professional yeah. at Metcalf Golf Club. They haven't right. had a teaching professional on site there. No. So this is kind of cool. I'm curious to see how they do it because Metcalf doesn't have a driving range per yeah. se. But yeah. they do have a pretty big area where they can work on short game and things like that. Yeah, and, and do some on-course on lessons. On-course lessons. And, like and they that, do have so. some hitting area so i'm curious to see how that all comes out but yeah. uh, nick's great guy so yeah. um good for them to have a teaching professional yeah um sure. something to look forward to in maybe the next episode of flagstick podcast we want to talk more about how do you know do more clubs need teaching pros or mm -hmm. do they need learning programs so yeah. let's just leave that let's just leave that over yeah, 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 overhead yeah. and we'll yeah. discuss that one in uh, sure. maybe episode 31 next week uh on the flagstick podcast podcast so sounds good we're going to take a break when we come back uh we're going to uh dive into this setting golf goals for 2023 mm -hmm. article that you wrote and posted uh this um this checklist on flagstick.com we're going to yeah. get into it because we wanted to get into it last week but now we're going to get into it this week so stay with us we'll be right back on the flagstick podcast when you golf on prince edward island there are over 400 fairways closer than you can imagine. Not to mention countless miles of pristine beaches and a rich world-class culinary experience. So get here fast, then take it slow and play around on island time. Golf Prince Edward Island. All right, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jeff Botter, and with me as always is Scott McLeod, and we are diving into our back nine this week, presented by Golf Sim Gurus. Work on your game all year round in the privacy of your own home. Custom golf club sim golf simulators setups built to your specs to fit your budget. Uh, visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more, though you're probably planning on one for next off yes, season, not this off season, because yeah. it's long, late. long into little, it now. A little late on the, little late to the party there. Yeah, um, I think so. So last episode we had sort of set in our uh, structure that we were going to talk about uh, goal setting, and yeah. and you had done a really cool little article on flagstick.com mm -hmm. with a, sort of a checklist of uh, uh, so people could go through and and uh, check off their 
their goals, set their goals yep. for the 2023 golf season. So we didn't get to talk about it last uh, last week, uh, yeah. which happens. It'll happen all the Again. time. But um, <laughs> we wanted to get into it this week. And, and yeah. you know, we want to talk about, like, like, do people, do you have goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you set any goals? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, you know, from uh from a personal perspective which is kind of what this podcast sure, is that's about the point. Is for personal yep. perspective do i set goals for myself i would say in the past um when i was playing a lot more and maybe playing more competitively mm-hmm. uh i did set specific goals for myself you know of of how much i wanted to play how yeah. much I was going to um, going to set aside to practice, mm-hmm. uh, and there were times when I say, "Okay, I'm going to play every Friday with this group of people. I'm going to play every Saturday night with uh, with my wife. I'm going to play every whatever. I'm going to go mm-hmm. to the range for an hour three times a week, and I'm going to spend an hour three times a week on the putting green working on my short game." So there was a time when right. yes, I indeed did and mm-hmm. I documented, I wrote down this these are my goals. I didn't have a checklist per se, right. but I did write down this is what my plan is, put it in the mm-hmm. calendar and tried to stick to that. And it was probably those were probably some of the better years yeah. of of my golfing mm-hmm. uh career. Is that what you call it? <laughs> I I almost said that with a straight. I started to say career. When I said to say career, I started to laugh. I don't. Uh, know, I don't know if that's because it, I don't know if I really classify what you would my my well, golf it's, as it's, a career. It's your, it's your golf life, right? It's a hindrance it's, more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing with this is is people have to realize too. It's not always just about performance. I mean, what you're trying to do, and I think you mentioned a, a great aspect of it there too, is saying. You know, how much more golf do I want to play? Those can be goals too, as far as different things. So, uh, but I think people maybe don't take a chance to, or they don't take the time to reflect Mm -hmm. first off. And they don't sort of look back and, you know, they maybe get to the end of the year and they're like, oh, I wanted to be X. or I wanted to, you know, shoot this score. I wanted, but, you know, they don't really they don't do take the steps to to get there. So the whole purpose of this more than anything is to realize and understand that, you know, if you want to define where you got to go, you got to get a, a little bit of a map out and find your way to get there. Um, it's just not going to happen by itself organically. It, it, it might, but it's, well, no, uh, there's, there's it's, no, pretty, there, it's pretty rare. You know, it's you highly gotta, unlikely that it's yeah. going to happen if you don't actually set some kind of plan in motion to make it happen yeah. and, 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 do it yeah which is sort of the whole point of this i mean i know um for uh, and i'll I'll give my own personal experience the same thing as you you know i I do set some goals um i i don't i'm not as concrete as i once was with those particular things but i certainly i have some things in my mind where i look back over the year past um from a you know, a playing perspective or anything related to golf, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, want to play more tournaments, want to do this, want to do that. Um, But I haven't laid it out as much as I maybe have in the past. And the whole point of this article and, and, and to do this was to really, you know, set out and create a little bit of a a working sheet, a template that um, I could work with, with my own students, first off uh, for myself, secondly, and I just figured, you know what, this this would be good to share on flagstick.com 
uh, and give people an opportunity for, you know, to maybe have something better than just a sheet of paper and a pen and pencil yeah. to, to, to come out with some thoughts of, of how they're going to go forward. So I would say the first thing before anything else is that when people are going to talk about goals is, um, don't just set goals ahead of you. Take some time to reflect first yeah. and look back on, you know, the year past and, you know, think about what you did in the year past and take, take a, a fair assessment of that first before you actually set some goals, because there's not much point of, you know, uh, you know, setting a goal to do something when you're already achieving it, <laughs> you've already done it. It's well, yeah, really or if you're having, if, if there's steps to get there, right. you know, obviously you can't, if you, you have a goal to achieve this up here, but you haven't even gotten close to achieving this down here. And there's about three or four steps in between that mm -hmm. to get there. You you might want to work on the ones down below first, like, yeah. you know. Well, you got to um, have objectives related to your goals. So, you know, in looking back, I, I, one of the things I, I want people to do and, and, you know, as part of the sheet or whatever is, you know, also recognize that you maybe did some good things in the year past and, and maybe you haven't even taken the time to recognize those. So, yeah. you know, one of the questions is, you know, first off is, you know, what part of the golf journey stands out for you? So that would be, you know, a big moment, a big milestone. Maybe there's something that really jumps out right away. But then, you know, you start to think about, um, you know, what did I overcome? So, you know, what did you take on and what did you get past? There's people that have a case of, you know, injuries, limited time to mm -hmm. practice. Um, they have all sorts of different challenges. Maybe they ran into a situation where, you know, man, I had the shanks for, you know, three weeks or whatever. But <laughs> How you gotta dare look... you say that on this show? <laughs> you know, but you got to look at that. But then you also have to recognize, you know, where did you falter? And what did you take from that? What did you learn from that? So um, if I look back and, 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 and how can you use that to move forward? So I'll look back at my own game and I'll sit there and go, yeah, you know what? I faltered a little bit on maybe my driving off the tee or, or maybe I, I intended to work on uh, a certain part of my golf swing and I didn't really put in the work that I really needed to. And, you know, so what do I learn from that? Do I learn that maybe, you know, maybe I need to create a better time in my schedule for that. Maybe I need to plan around that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need the assistance of a, a coach or some other technical aspect to look at that particular type of thing. Maybe it's a case of, oh, maybe my equipment isn't right. So you can learn from those places where you made mistakes, but the whole goal is to flip it around and go, okay, what can I get out of that to help me kind of going forward? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. It, it's, uh, you know, for me personally, um, if I, I set the goal of, of minimizing the number of shanks per chip shot around the greens that I can have per round, because that directly translates into how much money I lose in a match. <laughs> True. percent. <laughs> so, and Sorry. I will say I did witness a few I shanks. I, sh I witnessed a few shanks this morning in the old, uh, in the cave. Oh, in so. the cage. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why we have, that's, that's freaking why, dangerous. That's why we have padding on the walls. Right. So I mean, oh my it, does, it does happen to even really, really good players. Uh, it's funny. Our, our good friend, Andy McWilliams, there's golf yes. sim gurus and he yeah. has a, he has a Celtic golf center in, in Kempville. Right. <laughs> he told me the other day that they had their first, uh, uh hot chili pepper there. Oh yeah. Hole in the wall. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the the it just it was a it was a dead right like it was a dead right. I don't know if it was a shank or a toe job, but it was like it, it was happens. 
Titleist I mean, Pro V1 in the drywall. Let's put it uh, that way. I think I told him, I said, if there's a hole there but no ball, I said, just push a ball into the hole and just leave it like <laughs> that. It can kind of add to the decor. Maybe yeah. You should do like a whole wall decoration of of golf yeah. balls in the wall. So maybe that'll yeah. discourage people as far as, far as <laughs> encouraging them. And, and when we're, yeah, that's okay. But when we're looking at that, yeah, that might be a standout moment for that person. Oh man, I was embarrassed. I shanked that one over there. I don't want to do that again. Nothing never... embarrassing about shanking. No, but no. I, you know, as we work through that and look at the reflection, uh, you know, if people look at the sheet that, you know, I'll talk about specific things where they'll say, you know, what are three things that you achieved? Uh, what are things, three things that you got better at? that helped you achieve your goals. And then here's one that, that people don't really kind of think about too much, but how do you feel you developed as a golfer an athlete or a person in the last year? Cause that impacts as well. You know, some people say, Hey, I got more disciplined last year. Um, I, I got better with my overall fitness and I was, you know, maybe I, I would just, you know, I focused a little bit more on what did I need to do. So knowing that it's not always tied to just score. And I think that's the thing when, mm-hmm. when you say the word goal, everybody automatically thinks handicap and how many rounds they're going to shoot under par. Um, but there are a lot more components to developing as a golfer um, that can lead to, you know, a quality or better quality golf experience that are not necessarily related to just score right yeah so so that should be important uh, an important part of your your reflection when you when you look back or anything well you want to be i mean sometimes golf goals can can like you said they can revolve around more than just the game the playing and the scoring and the the actual mm-hmm. technical side of of the golf swing they can revolve around you as an individual on the golf course, your attitude on the golf course, how yep. you're perceived amongst your playing partners. And I will say this, um, you know, a lot of a lot of what we go through is personal experience, right? So um, yeah. for me, I'm a, I am a very, uh, and you've played a lot, a lot of golf with me. I am a very low key, don't give a crap. You know, I'll try any shot a hundred times, even if I know it's the worst shot. Yeah, I don't even, get angry. Even, even if I try to talk you out of it. But exactly. <laughs> I don't get angry uh, when I hit bad shots. I don't throw clubs. I don't slam clubs. Like, it's just not my thing. Like, I just yeah. don't care. That's why I guess that's the point. When I play, I don't care what I mm-hmm. shoot. I just want to play and enjoy myself. And that's where my game has sure. gone. I yeah. used to play my youngest son. is uh, a good golfer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something really clicked with him this season golfing. And he was probably like, aside from playing with you and Derek and Jenny that time, the most enjoyable rounds of golf that I played yeah. all mm-hmm. year were with him. His attitude sure. changed. And he went into the season with the attitude that, whatever, I just, I'm going to have, he, he said, I'm taking your attitude on this. He says, I just, I'm not going to be a professional. I'm good at the game. I'm just going to play whatever happens, happens. And man, we had some of the most fun nine hole rounds of golf across the street at Metcalf that we've, we were hitting. So sometimes we hit more than one ball off the tee. We didn't care. You know, it wasn't about the handicap. It wasn't about what number was going into the computer at the end of the round. It was just like, well, that I can be part of your shot, but that can be part of your goals is yeah. to have have a better experience and change your relationship with the game, so yeah. that it's not all about one thing or another, and it can it can make it it can make it that much better for you. And I mean, and I for everybody else around and, you, yeah, exactly. You know, and that, that's why I guess that's my point is that it's not yeah. it's not always just about your game. Right. It's about how your game and the way you mm. carry yourself. And I still play golf now with people. 
that they're so so focused on their game it drives me absolutely nuts when they're yeah. they're concerned about every bad <laughs> shot they hit it's like dude relax yeah, okay you're i've you're seen human. your game you're yeah. there's no when we finish yeah. there is yeah. nobody standing at it with it at, at the end of the day with a press conference and a big check with your name on yeah. it ever yeah. So just yeah. relax and just enjoy playing yeah. because the, the this old, can be so much fun if you let yeah. it. The old, you're not good enough to be bad. <laughs> you, well, the, get that, right? you know, I mean, I'm not saying that bad golfers can't get better and, oh, and no, become sure. good competitive golfers. Yeah. But realistically, yeah. realistically, if yeah, you're not somewhat already it. good and talented, you're not going to be PGA Tour, make oh, God, a big no. check quality no, no, no. golfer no, no, guy no, no, here no, no, no. or girl. You're just going to be a good yeah. golfer down the road. Everybody can improve. Yeah. So have yeah. that. Like Maybe well, that's your goal. I just want to get yeah. better every year at it. I don't yeah. – and chill out on the golf course, man. Like make that well, – that should be your number one goal. Yeah. Chill out on the golf course. Chill out. Well, that's the last piece of thing for the reflection aspect of it is, you know, chill you, out. No, no. If you give advice to yourself, what would you say to the golfer that you were at the start of last season? Chill out. That could be it, right? That could be different yeah. for every person, but it's like, you know, again, that's just getting you to think differently about your game and not sit there. That piece of advice be, hey, worry less about, you know, your score. Yeah. You know? I well, mean, I love I, these. I love these last, these last three points. Um, yeah. that you that you had on this checklist. I, I love these last three points. How do you picture yourself as a golfer at the end of the coming year? Right. Exactly. I, I, I love the how so do that's you a vision, pitch? That's, that's, that's a vision statement, right? Yeah, it's got nothing to do with your putting ability. No, totally. That's six. How do you picture yourself as a golfer at the end of the coming year? Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, what are some other ways that you plan to educate yourself more as a golfer in the year ahead? So this is interesting because... It's not, again, it's not necessarily about your swing or your putting ability, but mm -hmm. educating yourself as a golfer, educate, right. watch the could Netflix be, documentary, the PJ Tour, many, many you, know, things. Yeah. you know, you're educating yourself about the game, the sport, yeah. not necessarily the swing. Right. Um, you could be, you could be learning about architecture and learning yeah. how golf courses. Oh, designed. what a cool thing to kind of focus your attention a little bit on is yeah. architecture. Understood. Sure. Can you imagine you're, you're out there playing mm -hmm. and you're playing around to golf with your buddies? And you're thinking about the drainage and you're thinking about the shape of the greens and the way the bunkers are made. Mm -hmm. How much, yeah. uh, you know what, how much better do you think you're going to play well, you're when you're thinking about yeah. everything except what you're actually physically yeah. doing, yeah. Yeah. you know, cause you're, you just shut your brain off to the golf swing and you thought about, Hey, Oh, that's really cool how they, how they did that and how they shaped that and those mounds mm -hmm. down that side and the way that that bunker is this and yep. the type of sand that they used. I love that. I love well, that. Well, that's, that's the thing. The game is so, um, it's so massive as far as there's so many different aspects to it. And that, again, that becomes part of it. So it's to get a people, get people, you know, from being so narrow in their, in their focus and mm -hmm. start to realize that there's a lot of other different aspects to it. So, you know, yeah, like you said, picturing yourself at the end of the year, yeah, I could picture myself in one way or the other, and it doesn't have to be, again, I'm not, I'm not picturing myself, you know, holding a trophy and a, my index is plus two and you know what I mean? It could be, and that's not wrong, Yeah, but that it's a bigger overall look at it. And, and like I said, as far as the education, and then the third one, the last one that I have in there on top of your other goal stuff, when do you mention that one there? Uh, oh, the last one there? Yeah. yeah. The, what are the challenges the you, you may face in reaching your goals this year and how do you plan to get past them? Yeah. Because I, was gonna say, I have, love these three points. It, I mean, because, that's... because we have to recognize that 
you know, we're not everybody when they set goals, they're always talking about perfection, right? Mm -hmm. And they're always worried about they're like, okay, here's this. And what they don't want to think about is they don't want to think about the negative part of it. They don't want to think about the hard challenges that it's going to take to get where they need to go. They're just putting it out there going, all right, here's, here's the end of the road. Here's the pot of gold. I want to get to the pot of gold. Well, what are you going to face to get there? And mm -hmm. how are you going to deal with that? I mean, in, in the end for golfers and uh, you know, I see this all the time with, with students and stuff like that. It's, it's not, the fact that you're going to hit bad shots you're going to hit bad shots absolutely it, it's how you react to that shot and how you you know use whatever happened in that situation to make you better and how you're you know again how you're reacting to it so in this if you've got goals and you're going to face challenges you know this is about understanding realizing that you have the challenges and then the thing is if they do come up and they do have the challenges you're already expecting them you, you already know mm -hmm. that, you know, if you set out to do something and you're going to experience certain things, it doesn't come as a surprise to you. It, it doesn't make it as difficult because you know that you are going to face them in, in the first place. These are, these are your, you know, your obstacles. So yeah, they could be a number of different things. If, you know, somebody sets a goal to go, yeah, you know what? I want to, uh, I want to play every morning at 730. Well, that's great. But then they go, oh, um, yeah, but, you know, somebody's got to put the garbage out and, and somebody's, somebody's got to, you know, put the diaper on the kid and somebody's got to drive the kids to school and somebody. So, you know, how are all those challenges related to that particular goal yeah. or those objectives? You know, what's how do you get past that? So. You know, yeah. some people it may be, yeah, I need quality golf instruction and, um, you know, but my, my instructor that I want to deal with is here. What, what's, you know, maybe, okay, maybe I need to work remotely with that person and I'll do less in-person sessions. And yeah. again, if you know what those obstacles are and you sort of dealt then with them. you can overcome them then you can overcome them much yeah. easier. So I think those are important. So, you know, overall, I think if people just go and, you know, they can go to feisty.com. They can go uh, right in there in the instruction section. Uh, you can read the sheet there if you want, but you can actually download the PDF that's right there. Print it out. Uh, it's got space there to fill out all the different things. Add in whatever you want to it. Yeah. This is not a definitive list for goal setting. You may think of something else that would be important, but make all the notes that you want. And the good part is, is keep this so that you can look back at the end of the year and that will help as part of your reflection. And yeah. But also make make time to look at it during the year as well to remind yourself yeah. and to look at maybe you've got objectives related to some of the goals. And you're like, okay, I want to be this. But in order to do that, here's my five objectives that I'm going to have to get past. Okay. Those become your checklist. Yep. Those have become the things you knock off and go, okay, I've got to do this and this and this and this. And if I do that, I will get to the goal. But unless you look back and you measure yourself, you know, you're just going to get to the end of the next year and go, oh, I didn't get there. I'm going to have to reset that goal again. So, you know, take the time to look back at what you said you were going to do, you know, and reference mm -hmm. that just as a reminder. <clears throat> and, you know, hopefully people enjoy this and, and uh, make use of it for sure. And if they have any questions or anything about it, they certainly can reach out to us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, you know, we're, we're in Canada, so it's not, not uncommon for hockey talk to blend into golf. Mm -hmm, for sure. um, something okay. that I can relate more to even though you know yes i'm the publisher and founder of flagstick and everything i can relate a lot more sometimes to uh when it comes to instruction with students with hockey because yeah. of the fact that i've been teaching and working with kids for yeah. for years 
um, it's interesting, this whole goal setting, you know, I sit down, I sat down with, uh, with a couple, there was a couple of kids from a group that I was instructing that, uh, are rep B players, mm-hmm. um, rep B being as far as hockey in this area, in Eastern Ontario, we have rep B, we have double A, we have triple A. Right. Um, and they're rep B players. They're mm-hmm. really good players, but they're, they're not on double A or triple A teams. And I sat down with the kids in the dressing room after one of the sessions. And I, you know, I said, you know, we're into the season now. What, what do you, uh, what are your goals, you know, for next yeah. year guys? And these are yep. 13, 14 year old kids. I said, what are your goals for next year? And, and they're both, you know, they're both look at me and say, you know, you know, we want to, we want to make triple A next year. You know, we want to make triple A. That's, that's the goal. That's okay. the, that's so I said, great. I said, great. Awesome. I said, I said, that's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, I said, now I said, just a question. Um, I said, you're playing rep B. I said, did you try out for triple A this year? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make it. Okay. Did you try it for double A? Yeah, I didn't make it. Okay. So you then tried it for rep B and you're playing rep B. Yeah. And what about double A? You know, I said, what mm-hmm. is there is there anything wrong with double A? And well, no, if we, but if we want to if we want to get we want to get here, here, we gotta play triple. I said, Do you? Mm. You know, yeah. I said, Have you really have you really looked into it? Do you need to play triple mm-hmm. A to get mm-hmm. there? You're 14 years old. You're going to play, you know, you can play junior hockey until you're, until you're 21. Right. You know, so you have seven years of hockey before you get to, that's your goal. You want to get to the OHL or you want to get to NCAA, you know, you've got seven years to get there. Do you in fact have to play AAA Mm -hmm. right next year? Yeah. Could you have, could you, and I'm just saying, realistically, could you say, I'm going to try out for AAA because that's a good experience for me, but my goal Mm-hmm. Is that I want to go from rep B, I want to get to double A. Sure. That's my goal. I want to, I yeah. want to play double A. So next year you play double A. And then when you're double A, that between the seasons, your goal, mm-hmm. okay. And now I'm going to try it for triple A. I'm double A. I've been working hard on my game. Yeah. I've set these goals. I've set these guidelines. I've, I'm working through that process. I want to get to triple yeah. A. Yeah. Just because you want to get to the highest level that there is doesn't mean that you have mm-hmm. to get there in one big, huge leap. You don't yeah. necessarily have to jump three buildings no. to get to where you want to go. You can jump yeah. them one at a time. Every 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 journey uh, when we're talking about athletics, and we could apply this to business or whatever, and people could take this exact same sheet and, and put hockey terms in there mm-hmm. rather than golf terms. But the whole point in anything is that, one, success is not linear. It doesn't just no. always go on a straight line one way or the other. Every single, person's, <laughs> every single person's journey is going to be different. But the whole point is that you got to figure out what your path is to get there. And in order to get there, you have to figure out what are the barriers for me to get there. And then you got to decide, okay, how do I overcome those mm-hmm. and actually have an action plan to do it? It, it Hope is not a strategy. No. I, I've always said that. And I hear that too often from golfers is like, I hope I play better tomorrow. Well, okay. Uh, how are you going? <laughs> nice. to, how are you going to play better tomorrow? You know, uh, how are you going to play better next week? How are you going to be, you know, don't just magically say I'm going to be a two, a two index, you know, uh, okay. You're at eight now. Okay. How's that going to happen? Well, I'm just going to play a bunch. Okay. Do you really think that's going to get you from there to there? There's probably other steps that are going to have to, you know, do to get there. What are the things that are hindering you from there? You know, and that can be breaking things down from a technical mental, there's lots of different things, but you know, by laying out a game plan for yourself and the more defined it is, it allows you to kind of tick those boxes off, but it lets you know exactly what you're missing. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Um, if I get a, a student and I say to a student, okay, uh, keep your greens and regulation. And I have two students that both keep their greens and regulations as far as a stat. Um, the one person though, if I then say, and they, they both come back and they say, Hey, uh, I hit 16 of 18 greens and they look at their scores and they're both totally different. Well, the thing is mm -hmm. the one student, their proximity to the hole was way better. The other student, their proximity to the hole, as far as how close they hit the ball to the hole was way worse. So from a percentage wise, they have the person that hits it closer has a much greater chance of hitting the ball, you know, into the hole or making putts or, or avoiding three putts than the other person. Yeah. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're okay. The goal for the other person is if I got to, I've got to increase my proximity to the hole. I've got to hit it closer to the hole. Well, then that goes back to, you know, technical, maybe it's their equipment. Maybe there's a lot of things that go into that, but if you don't know and you just look there and go, Hey man, I hit 16 of 18 greens. I'm good. Well, you got to dig deeper in that to find those objectives yeah. to help you reach that goal so that, you know, your goal is not to hit, I hit 16. I want to try to hit 18. Yeah. 16 could be the goal. Yeah, right? exactly. The PGA tour average is 13, but you need to hit it closer within that. So the more things that you gather and you sort of define, write down, this is just going to give you a better opportunity to push yourself forward because it's, it's easier to identify what your weaknesses are. And would you would you agree that setting those goals as realistic as possible mm -hmm. make those goals easier to achieve because you're not making the goal so so unrealistic that it becomes yeah. unattainable, which yeah. then makes it frustrating right. when you don't achieve it, even though you've achieved something positive, you haven't achieved yeah. the goal and you're and then you're looking right. at it going, Oh well, I wanted to do yeah. this, but I only did this. But realistically, yeah. what I did achieve is what I could have achieved right. and it, what I it, wanted to achieve was was far fetched. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, you have you have to manage your expectations. If you all of a sudden set your, you know, if you set your, well, well I'll use that proximity to the hole thing. Okay, I want to average this as far as how I hit it close to the hole. Well, put that in, rel in relation to, to whatever a PJ Tour player does. And if mm -hmm. all of a sudden your goal is to hit it closer than a PJ Tour player does... I'm to rethink not, that goal. <laughs> yeah, that's not realistic. So you have to be realistic in what you're going to do and provide some progress as far as where you're going. So yeah, you know what? Top of the mountain. If I start with a student and yeah. the first time I've ever met them, yeah, we have top of the mountain goals. Mm -hmm. And you say, what's what's the top of the mountain? Where do, where do you see you? But then, you know, top of the mountain is just that. You know, we don't always yeah. get to the top of the mountain, but I guess, you know what? Halfway up the mountain, the view's pretty good. Yeah, turn straight. Right? Turn so straight. so uh, if people just, you know, do that, it's a good exercise yeah. in the end. And if they haven't done it before, I'd encourage them to do it. They'll probably learn a lot. Uh, about themselves and even if they can take away one or two pieces of this and gain from it mm -hmm. then you know they could probably consider that a success that's that's at least halfway up the mountain there you go climbing mountains is what we do here on the flagstick podcast and uh you know once again outstanding uh outstanding show this week um great that we were able to get to that topic uh, because yeah. we really wanted to get to it this week because we didn't get to it last week but um Glad we were able to do it. Awesome show, Scott. Thanks, man. As always, I uh, want to thank uh, want to thank our sponsors, Metcalf Golf Club, Golf Sim Gurus, and of course our presenting sponsor again this week, Golf PEI. Uh, golf Prince Edward Island is a premier golf destination, boasting the most number of golf courses per capita in the country, with over four hundred fairways closer than you imagine. Top tier accommodations and exquisite culinary experiences. It is the easiest golf vacation you will ever book. Book your golf vacation and tea times at golfpei.ca. 
I'm glad you're enjoying uh, listening and watching the show. I've noticed a bit of an increase in the number of views of the, the podcast on YouTube. So that's always positive. Be sure to follow us across all the social media networks, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like us, click the notification bell, make sure you do not miss a single episode. Get over to flagstick.com. More amazing content delivered to that website every single day, including the checklist that we just talked about today. And you'll love to check that out. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. So until next week, I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Remember, always go for the stick.